Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. Rona written Daryl. I don't know. No, we not. don't even know if that's true or not. You might be superhuman and be completely immune to it. Yeah. You might just be tired because you're old. Or because I haven't gotten enough sleep. <laughs> that is always a, a case of being tired. I uh, I can attest. Uh, welcome to episode 326. In that 10 parsecs or less, I feel a lot. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, uh, I, 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 I watched the fifth episode of Book of Boba Fett, and we're going to talk about it. Or let me rephrase that. I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 3, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, we also got Soups <laughs> and Lolo, and then we got some DC Comics news. We got a short one today. Um, so first, D, how you doing, buddy? Uh, not too bad. It's uh, been snowing all day today here. Uh, I don't know yes. how much you got up we, there. We have but... a bunch, and I, I, I ventured out in it twice now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, yeah, we've been just watching trucks get oh, stuck yeah. and take five and ten minutes to get unstuck. So that was, that's been our entertainment today when I when I wasn't working. I was, uh, I was very we weren't ex- watching Walking Dead. I was very excited to use the X snow feature in the Subaru. So not, and I didn't even have to use the deep snow feature yet. I'm waiting for that one. But yeah, I have no worries. I've got nine and a half inches of ground clearance in the Forester. It's good to go. <laughs> all, symmetrical all wheel drive. You can turn on the slippage, turn off the slippage, whatever. I mean, it just it's it's the ultimate snow vehicle, and I'm I'm super excited to have it. And I'm man, man I've been driving sixty down the road in it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did I did pull out of the neighborhood. You know how you know I have the back alley there. Um, I pulled out and I did uh. I did kind of like drift a little, which was pretty awesome. And Haley was like, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing what you're supposed to do in the snow. If you drift, you turn into it. Um, Or away from Living your life 10 parsecs at a time. I 100% was living my life 10 parsecs at a time right there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, things are are good. Um, I don't know. It's been a, it's just been a busy, it's, it's been a weird week, right? Because I'm waiting for some news on Tuesday. Um, and it's just dragging, just dragging out. And it's like, oh, just let's just jump to Tuesday next Tuesday already. So. Is it Tuesday yet? Because that's when Soups and Lolo comes out. It it is Tuesday and you know what that means. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Rampage tonight. Maybe get some more hook, send hook. I'm all in on hook. I haven't finished the dynamite yet. Uh, I'm yeah, I am at. I am at the CM Punk MJF conversation. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell you right now. There's there's a a guy that shows up in the Adam Cole, um, Orange Cassidy match. And his I probably name won't is, know who it is. His name is Danhausen. That's all you need to know. After you watch the match, go look Danhausen up. You you will thank me for that it. name. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a wrestler. He's awesome. He's he's super awesome. But he's he's you know all elite now, so uh, it's very 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 exciting. Anyway, let's uh, let's hop right right into the the DC news. Um, so Daniel Cherry the Third, which we did not talk about this, uh, was a little bitch, bailed on DC after sixteen months to work go work for Kanye West. Um, Kanye, word of advice, just fire him now. He's worth this. Oh, also, before we get this, uh, uh, get going. I started, I'm drinking death water or liquid death for the first time. 
Have you ever had that? What is that? It's water. It's I've just never water. Heard of it's it. water in a can. It says liquid death, mountain water, drinking water from the Alps. And I don't know. I was at Whole Foods um, picking up my bison because uh, I don't have elk. <laughs> and uh, it's really good. I mean, it's just really good water. It's, it's super fresh. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is not sponsored by them. If anything, if the people at C4 decided to listen to this after the post I did on Instagram, please sponsor us. Daryl and I both work out like crazy, and like C4 Energy stuff is freaking awesome. So um, that's not a sponsored post either, but like they have Starburst flavored C4 now, and it's, it's so good. Um, I may have bought two cases of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even drink it every day. I drink it like I'm drinking like one a week because um, that keeps me up for about that long. Anyway, all right, back to the DC story. Uh, Daniel Cherry III left after 16 months as general manager and kind of the senior vice president of like marketing and, and promotions and franchising and stuff like that. Um, left to go work for Kanye. And, um, you know, essentially there's a lot of like, don't let the good, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you to that dude. Um, he came from outside of comics. He didn't understand comics. He really didn't understand how to market comics. And, you know, I, I think in, in the long run, he's going to be a scapegoat for a lot of just the badness at DC, even though he has nothing to do with the creative direction or publishing of the comics or editorial. Yeah. And so, again, I knew about him, but I d that's my question was, like, I, it's not that he has a major role in the creative direction of Again, this stuff that's been going on at DC and at Marvel have been go has been going on mm -hmm. for years, not 16 months, but it, it seems like it's gotten worse. And the one thing I wasn't sure of is how big of a in, of an impact did he have in helping continue that on? And conversely, I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, it's the end of the peas. Is that yeah. how you say uh, it? Depies, depies, yeah. Depies, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Uh, but... I, I know some of the things because I think uh, I believe I watched a video with Thinking Critical was mentioning. Yeah, how, I sent you the Thinking Critical ones to watch. Yeah, that's that's yeah. And he was mentioning, you know, how this could be uh, a boon for DC. Well, again, it's not necessarily the marketing and because there were there were some things I did read because uh, I think Bleeding Cool the you know the article was mentioning it, some of the things, mm -hmm. but. As far as the creative decision making, you still have Jim Lee up there who has done nothing to rein these, you know, these stories in. So, so just to just so everybody, if if they, for people who don't know, right, Jim Lee is the, now the publisher and chief creative officer of DC Comics. He's the one who's supposed to be in charge of setting the direction for then the editor in chief, whose name just legitimately jumped out of my head um and the group editors to follow um and that includes things like continuity and you know events and and, and whatnot um and, and so uh Anne's Anne's role is not going to have anything to do with that now the interesting thing and, and Wes pointed this out and I noticed it when I read the press release myself is that they have her listed as partnering with not working for, not working under, but partnering with, partnering with, 
<laughs> Wanda pets. Uh, <laughs> you don't get that because you don't have kids. Anyway, uh, they all talk with lisps. Anyway, uh, partnering with Jim Lee, who is, you know, again, the publisher and the chief uh, creative officer. Now, here's the thing. Jim Lee is a fantastic artist. Fantastic. One of the best of all time for comics. One of the best. He yes. is the exact wrong person to be the publisher and chief creative officer of DC Comics. Um and I just want to I want to call back to episode 151, which it was with you and your or it was me and your predecessor, and uh, I walked around for a couple weeks, um, with a notebook, just thinking about how to get DC back to his pre new uh, new 50 PU uh, or PU 52, whatever you want to call it, uh, how to get that back <laughs> to to what it it should have been. Like I went like full on like Pat Oswald in um parks and rec with with the the fan fiction filibuster. And the fill yes yeah. exactly is was 100 a filibuster um but to get get more back or just to figure out how to get back to, to what it should be um and it's funny because at the time jeff johns had stepped down as the chief creative officer at the time to go work for warner brothers television and Diane Nelson, who was then president of Warner Brothers or of DC Entertainment, was leaving Warner Brothers altogether when uh, that that episode came out, which was all the way back in June of 2018. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I did this forever ago, and and I went back and re-listened to it. I'm actually going to recut it because I'm going to cut your predecessor out because he didn't really add a whole lot, um, and just do my parts. But it uh. It was, it was, you know, it's a lot of things that need to happen. Now, Wes did a, a second video about the five things that they need to do. And, and one of his was to, you know, bring back like actual like powerhouse writers, powerhouse editors, powerhouse artists that have not been to DC for a while. And his last one was to make Jeff Johns the chief creative officer again. Now, I think there's been a lot of stuff going on with Jeff Johns around the Justice League stuff. So I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um, honestly, I would put Chuck Dixon, I would put Chuck Dixon in charge of being the chief creative officer because of what he did in the nineties and two thousands for Batman, the Bat family, and the you know, the rest of the the ancillary books that had to deal with that. Now, Anne just to, to be clear, she's in charge of marketing, um, global franchising, you know, um, the commitment to the direct market comic book retailers, which is your local comic shop. Um, she's not going to be the person who's working with the editorial decisions. She's not going to be the person who's saying like, well, hold on, let's not make Superman's kid gay. Let's not make let's not kill the justice league. Let's not, let's not just only have teen lantern. Like where the fuck is Kyle Rayner? Um, cause he's the best green lantern. I mean, that's, that's widely, widely known <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, th this is really, really interesting to, to think about because this is, so someone left who wasn't doing a very good job. She's been in comics for a really long time. I think she'll do, I think she'll do fine in her role. As long as people are not expecting her to come in and be like, hey, we're going to shake things up. Right. And yeah, and that was my biggest 
I won't say issue, but like question with this is it, it, I don't think her role, and this is again, before, you know, talking with you and, and this, I was, when I first read this, I said, I mean, is she going to affect the creative decisions making? And if not, then okay that i mean this might be a boon for dc in the sense of you know global outreach and stuff but at the same time that's not going to change much considering the direction and the decisions they've made from a narrative and storytelling standpoint right uh, you'd have to you know to to really take advantage of someone like this who seemed you know she's been in the comic book industry for 20 years or however long she knows the industry to take advantage of someone something like this you have to have a good product and right now most of dc and most of marvel and there and again there are outliers there's stuff like robin there's things like nightwing and others that are absolutely exceptional uh for the most part you know the the direction they're going creatively I mean, you can have the best salesman, the less, you know, global representative in the world. People aren't going to be buying it. So and that's the yeah. biggest issue. I'm going to make one minor correction there. Mo like most of DC is bad. There's some good stuff. All of Marvel is bad right now. There's nothing good at Marvel. Um, <laughs> so here's what I want to see from her, because otherwise this is a giant nothing burger and we don't talk about nothing burgers. But one of the big <laughs> things is the international and digital expansion. So and yeah. If for somehow this this my my voice has made it to your ears, and it's at the thirteen minute or almost fourteen minute mark of this episode, please put digital codes in the back of every book like Marvel does, please. That will expand the the whole digital footprint. It will get people on to you know Comicsology. Or actually, the DC app shut down. So onto Comicsology or whatever the next platform is, um, DC, uh, whatever Comicsology Unlimited things like that. It will get people to get on there, and I guarantee, as people pick up new books, and Comicsology does a great job of this, <laughs> of of um, advertising like old classic titles that you can buy the trades of. Uh, people will buy them. People, people will, will, will dig deeper into the DC lore. Um, new people will go on and be like, wait, hold on. What's Rebirth? Wait, what's Flash Rebirth? What's Green Lantern Rebirth? Let me let me read these and, and, and just get hooked. Like, hopefully people will read the Legion of Superheroes, the older Legion of Superheroes books, and, and we'll get a Legion of Superheroes book again, um, which would be fantastic, like a good one, not like what Brian Michael Bendis has done. Uh, and, and also, Anne. If you're listening at the now almost 15 minute mark, if you have the power to fire Brian Michael Bendis, please do so. <laughs> please. And thank you. Um, just if you do it, just tweet at me. It's at Brian Tudor. It's really easy to find me. Just let me know your favorite flowers. You will get two dozen of them sent to your office. <laughs> anyway. So, wait, how long has Marvel been doing that? And DC is not doing Marvel's that? been doing it for years. DC did it for like a minute, but it was only in like the four ninety nine books. So it was like, oh, hmm. okay, I see. You know, well, I, I'm not buying four ninety nine books. I'm buying the, the, buying the you drew the line at two ninety nine DC. That's where I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just something Marvel does, which is great. And and you know, I mean, I get the Marvel books. I take the codes out. I bag them. I load them on my iPad and then read them at my leisure. 
from wherever. Because um, I'll tell you right now, I buy Nightwing in hard copy and in digital. And in the case of last week, I also bought one of the variant covers. So they totally saw me coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just, I, I think, I think here's the thing. She, she, she's got over a decade where she's worked with Jim Lee. So hopefully she can kind of be that Jiminy Cricket in his ear and be like, leave, go away, take this Wacom tablet and draw something pretty. Yeah, go back to draw, go back to artwork. I mean, he does art, like he does, he does great covers, but like he doesn't do anything, he does not do anything to make the product better. (laughs) He is the LeBron James of DC Comics. Yeah. (laughs) Because LeBron, I mean... LeBron, no doubt, has skills, right? I hate him. I hate him. I hate watching him play. I don't. I don't like the way he plays, right? But he has skills, and I can. I'm. I'm. I'm enough to admit that. Um, but he doesn't add anything to the NBA. Now, Jim Lee doesn't actually take things away from the NBA. He's just kind of there. He's just a corporeal form in the Burbank offices of, of DC Comics, and and people are like, "Hey, Jim, what's going on?" He's like, "Hey, yeah." I drew a kick-ass Batman story with Hush. Hey, I'm the quintessential X-Men artist in the modern age. Anyway, um, he's no John Byrne. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we've been talking about this for a minute. But I, I think, for me, if, if Anne can do anything, she will push the envelope on the digital expansion. That right there to me is a win because that gets more people reading comics. And if you can include the digital code in the books, I'll tell you right now, we're going to be giving away a lot of them because I'm going to be buying multiple versions of books to give away the codes <laughs> on this episode, on this show, because that's like, I'm, I'm a DC guy. I'm back to no Marvel books on my pull list. Like, so. Do you even have many DC yeah, no, you, mean, do, you do have a yeah, couple I have that a bunch I had. Of DC, yeah, so. yeah, but like I don't even get the. I'm not even in the Star Wars books. They're so bad. Hmm. Anyway, um, so but yeah, and good luck in the role. Congratulations on the role. Uh, I I hope you are super successful, and that you help make DC what it was. Anyway, so let's move on to Soups and Lolo. <laughs> I just like calling it that. Uh, we are at episode, we're season two, episode three, um, The Thing in the Minds, uh, directed by Gregory Smith, written by Kate Aldrin and Juliana James. Came out on January 25th. Uh, just get it out of the way. Out of five bizarre Superman. what do you- I give uh, it a four. A four. Four out of five. Yeah, four out of five. I had some great stuff. Still had some CWS things that, while not bad, don't get me wrong, they weren't bad, and they were relevant to the story of the those characters. It just wasn't as interesting to me. So yeah, you know, it, it it's a this show is human as as we mentioned last week, but still this was a, such a great. They did such a great job, and I'm very happy to be wrong once again with this show, mm-hmm. and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Uh, I so, also what about you? I also gave it a four, um, but as I've been going and looking back at everything, I've, I've given I've given all of them a four. So, 
<laughs> There's no points of differentiation at this point. No, I really like this episode. Um, I did not like the John storyline at the end of the episode this week. Um, I did like the John storyline at practice and with Clark Kent Geek Dad. And I did really like um, Jordan's smart mouth when he's like, oh, the rage monster's back. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I, like all in all, this was a good episode. Uh, strong, strong Elizabeth Turlock episode. Great. Just great performance by her. Um, playing a very conflicted and hurt Lois Lane. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, the whole, and again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the cult thing, which it does feel like it was the, what was it? The Nexi? What was that thing that uh, the original Chloe was involved in? Nexium. Uh, Nexium. Okay. Yeah. yeah Alice and Mac. Yeah. So I, I know we joked about that and I know it, it, this is a way they're they're deciding uh, to bring Lucy Lane on board and on the sh- on in on the show, which is fine. I'm I'm kind of glad we didn't see more a lot of Chrissy, or if at all did we see her? I don't know. Mm, um, no, we did not see Chrissy because there was so much uh, freaking Kryptonians with freaking laser beams in their eyes shooting yeah. them everywhere. So- yeah, so I did like you know some of the scenes between Lois and her father. You know they've you know they've had some issues before you know in last season, but yeah, uh, I really like that. And I also like how she had to take charge when Clark went rage monster, uh, where she's just like, "Look, I got it." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dylan Walsh being back was great. Like I thought, I thought he did a really good job, like adding adding he's, to it. Yeah. Let him let the man fish. Jeez. Yeah, just let him have his cigar and fish. I really wish he'd been throwing dynamite while he was fishing, though. That would just be funny. Um, fish in a barrel. Towns of, pit, towns of fish, people of the barrel. Fish in a barrel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so then you had uh, John Henry uh, doing his thing. And I got to say, when, when he called the, the steel suit and he put it on, um, that effect was up there with any effect in Iron Man. That was that was pretty. <laughs> the biggest issue I had with that, that it was not an issue. I was just laughing. It's how he was running. <laughs> well, I mean, he's come on. I mean, he's an actor. Let's let's not pretend like any yeah. of them were actually athletic. So, uh, but as far as that goes, that was pretty badass. I yep. was just kind of disappointed we didn't get the hammer again. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know, but, but but we did get that uh, Natalie and uh, Natalie's like, look, if you're going to go out and I know we're jumping around, yeah. but and spoilers, by the way, if you don't know this already, but, you know, Natalie was like said, you know, if you're going to be going out in this, we're going to have to fix this. Right. So I'm looking forward to seeing. And then she went through everything that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was great. <laughs> um, And, you know, I mean, Natalie's worried about her dad. She's like, you can't just be running off like this. This is not OK. You know, um, this is this is no bueno. Um, so, yeah. And then so Jordan's story was good. It was a little less CWE, you know, this week. Um, Sarah wants. Back. I would say it's, he wanted Sarah yeah. back. He gave her his grandma's ring. The whole I want to marry her. I want to marry yeah. her. 
that 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 you can tell was written by two women um who who do not know how teenage boys talk or think about that because i'll tell you right now like no there's not a teenage boy on this planet who at 15 is like i want to marry that girl no not one no no (laughs) i will say this again everything you know we when we usually say cw it's a negative thing. Yeah, that, that's a hundred percent an insult if we say it's a CW thing. Yeah. I, I would say this is one of the better aspects of the CW. I would say, uh, in the sense of, it's still a CW kind of romance, mm-hmm. but it wasn't bad. It no. was just one of those things that it's you need it for that character, and that's what I was talking about. There are some things that just don't hit me as well, but at the same time, I also understand. Hey, it's for the character. And even if I don't necessarily love it, it, it's necessary for that character development in that point in time. And I think that, you know, absolving or not like kind of because this is one of those things where a lot of shows and I'm not even talking about CW shows, a lot of shows drag things out. And this could be something that they could have dragged out six, seven, eight, nine episodes. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's resolved after three episodes. I think that, you know, whoever well, she kissed until I mean, the girl shows I, up in Smallville in like episode right. 14. So, you know, yeah, that's going to be like the but cliffhanger I, like of this season but, like, is Sarah. Yeah. You know, I will say this, though. I thought Natalie was going to be more of a problem with her dad and the way he ran off. And again, yeah. a lot of shows would have done had her, you know, you know, pitching a hissy fit. But instead, you know, and she she had that opportunity when he said, you know, there wasn't enough time to tell you she could have thrown a fit and she did. Right. And at the end of the episode, instead of, you know, saying you promised me this, what does she do? She says, if you're going to do this, we need to fix this. I've, I greatly appreciate it. Actually, I really like how they handle that. I like Natalie in this episode as a whole. Like she was a great ground. Absolutely. For the boys. Um, she kicked John's ass and, uh, and Madden. And Madden. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's my question. Can John hook up with Natalie? <laughs> I mean, like, they have the same mom. I, I mean, not know. technically the same mom. So I'm I'm thinking that it's a big no-no burger. But, yeah, they kind of have the same but mom. My, <laughs> yeah. And even if the DNA is different, and the reason I say that is because usually – if you're talking about different dimensions and stuff, your frequencies are going to be a little, there's going to be yeah. a, a small like things difference are in frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Like just inverted. Right. In, in some ways, but yeah. Ah, that's, that's actually a good segue to, to what the thing in the minds. Yeah. I was so wrong. And I'm so happy. I was wrong. Yeah. And, and they I told even you that. build like on one this. of the few times I talked to you this week, I'm like, I'm so happy. I was wrong. Yeah. And I like how they build on that because when, you know, right after Clark goes crazy on Jordan, you know, when Lois comes back and she says, don't spend uh, like, you know, don't go all doomsday on me. Right. That was a, that was a great insert right there because that tells you that they wanted you to think that this was doomsday Mm -hmm. and we actually get who it is. And it's, it was such a great reveal. We get who it is, and it was decidedly not Doomsday. Me am Superman. (laughs) Bizarro. Yeah, I thought that was such a great reveal, just to be uh, the bizarre one, and it looked really good too. The whole uh, 
just the whole presentation of him. Um, and I did like the little red herring of him being in the um, who's in the suit. Yeah, in in the in the doomsday suit, which you know is lore. Um, John Henry's red red kryptonite blasts not working on him uh, really kind of raised red flags in my head as he was doing it. It's like, wait a second, this is definitely not Doomsday then. Um but yeah, and then the way like the the paleness and like the crags, um I don't know if you remember in Smallville. Like cuz Smallville's the last time I remember them anyone doing any kind of bizarro thing in live action. Um but in Smallville, it was Clark it, and like obviously it was on the Smallville budget. So like his face would like transform to like the crystalline version of bizarro and then go back to just tom welling's beautiful face so it was it it was it was really great to see like just a fully done up bizarro the backwards s at the end of the episode obviously with the soups and lolo um title card it was backward it was all backwards which was really cool yeah i absolutely love that part uh i'm really really excited to see you know the story they tell they play how long this plays out and what the connection is and just everything about it because again we thought it was doomsday Mm -hmm. i was so happy to be wrong yeah and i mean they again these writers you know from season one on to now so far and again i know we're only three episodes in they have they've they've you know garnered enough goodwill that we have to trust them mm-hmm. because so far i mean very few missteps and i wouldn't say they they there's not been a major misstep and when i say like of here and there it's more about what i like or what i don't like or what doesn't vibe with me that, that doesn't mean it's bad right. um uh, it, it just means that hey it didn't, just didn't vibe with me doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's bad but for the most part every what most of what they've done has vibed strong with me and them doing bizarro is because like you said i i don't know the last time there has been a bizarro out there um but i'm really excited to see where they go from here same one 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 uh 100 as the kids might say or uh, uh i love this 3000 as far as the storyline goes, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Uh, the the one disappointing thing, and you know, I mean, it's 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 Friday, so this number might change a little bit, but I think it's pretty much set now. Only nine hundred thousand people watched this episode. Oh man, and that um, was so it was a hundred uh, or a million nine hundred thousand, and then or I'm sorry, uh, one point oh nine million for the pilot or for the premiere. And 1.1 million, so it went up for the second episode, and, and this one this one dropped uh, a couple hundred thousand, so that makes me sad. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's just really good. There are a lot of there are a lot of great visuals in this episode for something that actually moved the storyline quite a lot. Um, the visual of Clark shooting, um, you know, the heat vision into his hands. The visual of John Henry. Uh, Lois, when she's going to meet Lucy and like putting on the with the leather jacket, and she's like, "I feel like a biker." Like that was a great scene because we got to see yeah. Lois being really vulnerable. Um, when 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 Sam uh, General Lane was on the uh, 
when he was out fishing out fishing it was beautiful i mean it was a great i mean it was a great cgi background that they had there but um yeah i i just i thought i thought this was this was really cool um you know we we got dr faulkner so she knows about bizarro so i'm i'm curious is this is this a lex luther thing is uh was john cry is john cryer the lex luther on this earth because he was the Lex Please, Luthor no. in Supergirl, but like they kind of took care of him in the uh, the Crisis yeah. crossover. Uh, so yeah. Oh, and then Lana, Lana's um, Lana and Kyle, Kyle, Lana running for mayor. Uh, that was great. Like I loved, I loved how her confidence was shaken, and then her and Sarah had that great moment <laughs> where they're like, "Well, let's just be you." And she was doing her live stream in the kitchen and. Um, she's like, oh wait, I can't see. I need my glasses. That was the most humanizing moment for a, a, someone running for political office ever. There, like, she gathered like thirty percent of the female vote immediately with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I continue to like the story they have with her and mm-hmm. Kyle yeah. and Sarah as a family. Even though, and is it Sophie? Is yeah, that Sophie was back. Actually, we so actually we saw her. Saw we actually so saw her. We we were wondering if they'd just forgotten about her. Um, and, and like just kind of uh Jude Eater from from uh what was it called? The Winslows. Oh, uh, Family Matters. Family Matters, thank you. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think this was a good episode. I think a four is a perfect score for this. I mean, moved the story along, gave us some good visuals, um, introduced us to uh Allison Alston or Allie Alston, as it will, the cult leader. So Lucy is still apparently under her thrall. So we'll we'll see what happens. To be continued. To on be Tuesday. Continued on February first. Man, I hope I get good news on February first. Not gonna lie. Um, all right. So uh, we 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 thought we were done with this one, um, but oh, absolutely. This, this is technically. In, in in my book, this is was season three, episode one of The Mandalorian. Um, so this was Boba Fett chapter five. I still did not watch chapter four. Um, I, I started to you by didn't accident. Miss anything? Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. <laughs> so uh, this is called The Return of the Mandalorian. Obviously, we're spoiling this one too. Uh, written by John Favreau and directed by who I am now giving credit for. As the greatest Mandoverse director, Bryce Dallas Howard. Where's the applause? Oh, sorry. Um, so, yeah, she directed um, the first episode with Cara Dune. She directed the first episode with Bo Katan. And now she went and she did this with, um, you know, The Mandalorian. And. I mean, come on. This, like, everything she does feels like Star Wars when she's doing it in the Star Wars universe. And, and, and you can't that say is... that for, like, you cannot at all say that for Robert Rodriguez. No. And that, that's that been the problem in this series so far of Boba Fett, which mm-hmm. this is, you only see episodes like this it, when they are trying to do what they call a backdoor pilot. Right. Uh, for shows, you don't do a backdoor pilot for a show that's already has two successful seasons. No, the there. backdoor pilot no. for for all of this was when Boba Fett showed up, and it was a 20, 21 minute episode where they blew up the right. fucking Razor Crest, and you know, 
yeah. So we got the we found out what happened to my favorite character in the Mandoverse, the Armorer. She's still kicking it. Still uh being a cultist. So, so is Paz Visla. Yeah, and and, and Paz, the, Paz the heavy Vizsla, Mandalorian. Paz Visla learned a, a valuable lesson. You don't just <laughs> challenge people for the for the dark saber. Um you know, I we got I a lot that. with the dark saber. There was a lot of dark saber. And I did like how careless he was with it at the one point, and he got the nice burn on his thigh. Yes. He's lucky the best <laughs> car was there because he totally would have cut his own leg off. Yeah. Which actually might have been kind of cool to happen, but, you know. Um, but no, so he so he had to fly commercial, which was hilarious. Um, he had to turn all of his weapons in. <laughs> and, and it was like one of those scenes from like the old gunslinger movie where he's like, oh, here's this gun, yeah. <laughs> and this gun, and this gun, and these bombs. I like when he, he um, the the whistling birds, how he dumped him out of the gauntlet there. He's just like, um, took the rope out, um, you know. But he kept a jetpack on, which I guess his jetpack doesn't have a missile. That's what I was no. That's so, I, I said the same thing. I was like, oh, that, that doesn't seem to make... That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, um, people of the uh, the continuity. Um, yeah, but we got anyway. a nice little um, we got a, a nice little homage to Terminator Two with the uh, Night of a Thousand Tears. Very true. Very true. Um, I still stand by the fact I could watch the armor just forge uh, for an entire episode. Yeah. I, I love that character. Yeah, uh, she's great. And Emily Swallow is a great actress. And like I love the voice that she uses for this, right? It's it's this right. like just like um oh, did you watch Downtown Abbey? No. Uh oh she what was her name? The Dowager Duchess or whatever, the M- Professor McGonagall. Like it's very like aristocratic the way the the um the armorer talks. Um but no, it was it was just the visuals were really really good. Uh, you know, he he hurt his thigh, but then he was better all of a sudden. And they didn't really cover that, which was weird. Well, it was the spray. Uh, it was the Bacta spray. Did, did, did they spray it, it? Did I miss that? Yeah, it oh, was okay. when he fell down, and she told Pazvisla help him. Oh, I missed that. Okay, so cool. Because normally they they they, yeah. they they don't gloss over things like that. Uh, I did like how he wanted to use part of the spear for a present for Grogu. Um, and Armor's like, well, he's with his people now. He's like, yeah, but I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my body. He's so cute. Um, so I wonder what it is that he had forged. Yeah, it it looked like it. First, when you see those little rings, it looks like almost like chain mail of yeah. some sort. But then you see how small it is. I don't know what. I don't know. I, I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I was really hoping it was going to be a helmet. Um, I think that's what everybody was hoping for. The uh, or or like a the breast piece. Um, but I guess think about it though. If it's chain mail and a lightsaber can't cut Beskar. Yeah. Uh, here's the other thing that made this Star Wars. He cut that mofo in half. D- dude. He cut he, that he was dude vicious. in. Like, never mind, like, losing a limb. He cut that dude in half. And we saw it. 
Like there was no, yeah. they pulled back at the very last second, but he had already cut that dude in half and the table was falling in on itself from where he cut the table yeah. in half. Um, I did not expect that from Disney. Like, Star thank Wars. You, thank you, Bryce Dallas Howard. This is why you are the greatest director in the Mandoverse because you pay attention to those tiny little details like that. Now, they, he, they, they of course have to go back to Tatooine because we can't have an episode of the Book of Boba Fett without Tatooine. Um, and he goes back to visit, uh, Pili Mato and she, she told him she could find him a razor crest and he's like, where is it? And she's like, it's right there. And she pulls out an in one starfighter, which I popped my tits off for. I, I, I figured you did. I love <laughs> that ship. That is like my fourth favorite ship in all of star Wars. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, I recognized it right away. And first, well, first of all, for a, such a backwater planet, Tatooine does get a lot of business travel, get a lot of travel. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. Most nicely, it's a scum of hive and villainy. Yeah. But I did like, and I, I like that whole scene of them actually building the ship or, you know, refitting it or what, what have you. I thought that was... Just some of those, the conversations between uh, between the two of them, or when they brought the uh, Jawas in and say, "Hey, can you get me this?" And it's like, "Oh, how did you get that? How did they get that?" She's yeah. like, "You really want to know?" I, like, I would say, I, I would say the N one is a resto mod, so because they restored mm -hmm. it to like what it looked like on the outside for the most part, and then like they modded it out with some really cool modern like gadgets. Um, but did you notice how, like, when he took off, it was kind of shaky, and then he started flying it, it was fine, and then it never went back to being shaky? Like, did yeah. is it just you had to fly it, and then you're able to, like, clean it up and go? Um, Everything tightened up. Yeah, after, is that what it know, was? A few minutes up. Uh, so that was interesting. I liked how the X-Wings came up and there was the one Karen X-Wing cop, and he's like, we gotta take you in, and the other cop's like, I recognize your voice. And it was the guy from Kim's Coffee in the uh, earlier um, episodes. The one that saved, wasn't he with the one? Yeah, he saved him in yeah. that on the ice spiders or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't he? So. One? Yeah, yeah. And I, I love how him, he yeah, just. So. Yeah, I love how he opened it up there yeah. when he's like, yeah. "Care to ask a few questions?" And he just looks over and he's just like, "Time to hit the knobs." Well, yeah, he looked <laughs> over and he's like, uh, you know. I live my life 10 parsecs or for the, you know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. And for those 10 parsecs or less, that's the only time I feel alive. <laughs> and, you know, he did, he did tell uh Peli Mato, you owe me a 10 parsec starfighter. <laughs> so, and then they went and got shrimp, which I thought was really weird. Cause the fact that Tatooine doesn't have any water. Um, and they raced that dude in land speeder and yeah. Um, I always like when Womp Rats show up on Tatooine. That's always fun when he was yeah. flying through Beggar's Canyon. Um, and if you want to play Beggar's Canyon, that is uh, part of the Tatooine board in um, the Pod Racer game. Just, just saying, if you if you wanted to do something <laughs> and and have Beggar's Canyon involved, and there's a point in Beggar's Canyon where the Tusken Raiders are shooting at you uh, in the Pod Racing game. So that is that is fun. Um, yeah, jumping back to the armorer when she was asking, um, Paz Vizsla, have you ever taken your helmet off? No. And she asked Dan and he's like, mm, mm, uh, uh, 
you see? I know he he had that pause like I could lie about it. He should have just lied. A hundred percent he should have just lied to these people. <laughs> I mean they're cultists for Christ's sake. And I like yeah. I like how he still does not trust Bo Katan. Oh yeah. Like that was great. Um and and uh the other thing is they filled in a gigantic plot hole from last year because um Bo Katan was handed the Darksaber by Sabine Wren. She did not win it by the trials of combat. And so Yeah, they actually they yeah, they, 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 they mentioned that. that and they explained why yeah. her reign was cursed and why she no yes. longer had it. And I was said I and I said thank you. This is yes. this is what we need out of Star Wars. We need more Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Give her a fucking trilogy yeah. right now. Actually, don't even give her a trilogy. Give her nine fucking movies. Let her do it. Don't let anybody <laughs> touch Thrawn, just her. Like, let's go. Um you know, Johnny Boy can write the script, whatever. But I am, I am, I'm, I am, I am the the captain of the Bryce Dallas Howard hype train for the Mandalorian yeah. and Star Wars right now. And, and this is why we've been so disappointed with the uh, with Boba Fett is because Favreau has been writing. I don't know if he's written all of these episodes yeah, or just a he's couple written of, every one of them. Next, the next episode is co-written by David G. Filoni, who you know I think is kind of whatever. Um, but yeah, and I guess Filoni is directing an episode, but let, let's, let's just say this right now. Robert Rodriguez done with Star Wars. Don't let him near it anymore. Uh, Kevin, uh, uh, I can't even say I didn't read that. I didn't watch that episode. Um, but Stephen Green episode two done with Star Wars. You're not allowed to touch it anymore, dude. You had your chance. It sucked. You made black or Santon, uh, a goddamn joke. Not to mention, uh, you know, a ninja by getting through everything without yeah. being oh, yeah, detected. Oh yeah, yeah, I am, I am, I'm a hundred percent passionate about Star Wars. I think we all know this, and so when when Star Wars does something good, it should be celebrated, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Bryce Dallas Howard should be celebrated for understanding Star Wars better than the rest of these jabronis, one hundred percent. Um, even old Puffy Face himself did a good job. I doubt he was even in the suit. But like he did a good job with his lines, so puffy face, good job. And I absolutely love they brought the line back from the first episode. Yeah, I can bring, I can you, bring in warm. you in warm. Well, and I liked or how I he was like, cold. I can bring you in warm, <sighs> or I can bring you in cold. He's <laughs> <Yeah>, like <laughs> that pause. Like, that like, pause I don't made want it. to kill you, but here's the thing. So now that he's got the N one starfighter. Where is he going to put his bounties? I tell you where. He's going to be heading. He's going to be beheading a lot of bitches Highlander style and bringing them back in bags. Like here is your head. Now, yeah, sorry, you he, don't get a choice. Here's the thing. They were on that big round space station, and he was at the very fancy gala thing, and they're like, "Sit, Mando, eat with us, dine with us, be rich with us, and fabulous." That should have looked as clean as it did. That was spot on, perfect. Most Espa, most Isley should not have the Power Rangers. No. Should not look and that as clean a, as they are. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, that was a Halo ring from the game's Halo. Yeah. So that's pretty much what that whole But that was freaking thing cool was, as shit. Which was pretty it was so damn cool. Cool as shit. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I've watched it twice. I'm probably gonna watch it a third time. That's how much I liked it. 
up until the end when Fennec Shan showed up. And I'm like, oh, God, this is the fucking book of Boba Fett. It's not the Mandalorian. I totally yeah. forgot. This is the only uh, episode of Boba Fett that I have actually watched uh, people's reactions to. Because the other ones I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't stand watching those more than once. Yeah. Did I say Paz Vizsla? I meant Tar Vizsla. I'm sorry. Um, although he does. Oh, have are you a talking hard, about the yeah with the the duel? The creator of the dart, yeah, the dart saber. Oh yeah, no Tar saber. did. The, yeah, Tar made it. Never mind. I was right. There. Yeah, Paz Vizsla yeah. is the uh, is the heavy Mandalorian. That's right, the heavy Mando, which I have the action figure of. I'm like, he's looking yes. at me right. Which now. was I, I was Actually, interesting. He's looking at me right behind the armor and in the the. The six inch and three and three quarters armor and Bo Katan and multiple Cara Dunes <laughs> and multiple Mandos. But yeah, anyway. Um What about Grogu? Dude, I, I've got like I've got a couple like tiny little like mission Star Wars mission fleet Grogu's. I, I didn't get any of the other Grogu's. I don't care about Grogu. So Grogu oh yeah, you're to, you're you're a violent offender. Gro against Grogu, Grogu needs to be in a satchel, being punched by a scout trooper at all times. The only good Grogu is a being punched in the face. Grogu, you're you're a sick man. I'll just tell you that. How dare you? I don't even. I don't even know who the, you are. I have dared myself. Are you happy? <laughs> I have. I, look, like you know. Oh yeah, Grogu sucks. How dare you? See, like I'm, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> So, uh, Grogu needs to be like eight feet tall next time we see him. Not like a little tiny thing. Like he needs to have had like a growth spurt and be like taller than than Dinger. He takes some four steroids. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, it's just uh, Yoda was uh, was stifled by his detachment from everything, and because Grogu is attached to Din in the little like you know ball from the Razor Crest. Um, he actually like is able to grow like his species is supposed to. <laughs> oh God. That is just the dumbest fucking thing I've ever said. Anyway. Um, I wasn't going to say it. So no, I again, you know, here, I'll just, how dare you? There we go. <laughs> I got it again. Um, yeah, this, this was, this was really, 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 really good. Um, and now I'm sad though. I am sad because this is the this should have been the last episode, to be hundred percent honest. Um, so we could just go right into the Mandalorian and you know, but I assume he's gonna show up in episode seven. I I, I think so. Yeah. Uh there's rumors that there's a legacy character legacy character showing up in episode seven. Um I think the money's on Luke Skywalker. It could be, you know, Han Solo. Um, although, will it be Harrison Ford? Probably not. Will it be Aiden Aaron? Uh, Aiden Ehrenreich? Probably not. So who knows what they, what kind of trickery they're gonna do with uh, CG and uh, face modification, like they did with Luke. But hopefully, they do it better than what they did with Luke. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This was just a good episode. the The flying was fun. Yeah. The fighting was fun. The um, you know, Pelly almost getting eaten by that monster in her shop was fun. Uh, R four, you know, R four is like, nah, I got, I'm not motivated to do anything. Yeah. And, oh, you also had uh, speaking of droids, you had the droid from uh, the Fallen Order. Oh yeah, you had a little BD. Um, it's, I don't think it was the same one, but 
No, it wasn't. It was just a, yeah, it was it was a just BD another droid. BD droid, which I kind of wish he would have gone with Mando. Right. That would have been cool. Like, yeah. And so then Mando's like, all right, I'll use you because you can uh, you can float over there and you can shock everybody. <laughs> oh, you can hack this for me. Yes. And I can get power up, uh, um, you know, healing, healing vials and, and, and more, more force power for Grogu. So <laughs> anyway, it's just but a yeah, good episode. I'm, I'm sad. Really good episode. Yeah. I'm just sad that we're going to go back to the most likely go back to the book of Boba Fett formula that has not worked in the first few episodes on yeah. the first four episodes like, so. again when you try to make a kindler gentler boba fett you you are missing the point of the character and i get it they want this to be for kids star wars is for kids 100 percent. but star wars had no problem hacking off arms none whatsoever yes like if you want boba fett to disintegrate somebody guess what that's a lot less traumatic than hopping off an arm you can be like you can just tell your kid oh he beamed him up you know lie. <laughs> their kids are dumb they don't know the difference Actually, that's not true. My kid would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Beam him up. That's a different IP. And then she'd cut you. Um, but yeah, she would probably, you know, she's pretty, she gets pretty. I was about to say, you said that so proudly. So yeah. She gets, she gets really militant about her fandoms. Um, like I, uh, she, she's big into like the Maze Runner books, not so much the movies, but she likes the movies because she likes um, Dylan O'Brien and the kid that played, um, Newt. So, anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is good. What would you give this out of out of five dark saber wounds to the thigh? What do you give this? I, I would give this dark saber wounds to the thigh. I would give it a four, a four and a half, and I think a, a quarter of that, or maybe a half point of that, is because I'm not rate. Rating it as itself, I would give it at least a four, put it that way. But I think when you're looking at what Star Wars needs or what Star Wars has been lacking, I should say, with the Book of Boba Fett, I give it an extra half, you know, half uh, severed, nearly severed leg. Okay. Because it's it's everything that we want from Star Wars. It, again, it's we have the continuity we have the action. We have the everything that we get from a visual standpoint, not just the clean stuff, not just the cool stuff, but the dirty stuff mm-hmm. and how we get them, you know, putting, the, uh, you know, retrofitting the Starfire fighter, just all these little things that make for a good story in itself. But the, again, it's the, the details, the little things here and there that just make it that much better. Yeah. No, I get that. Okay, so I was going to give this episode a three um, because so far I haven't given anything higher than a two for this episode. But I I, I, I did something, um, and I gave it a 4.25. And I bumped it up 1.25 points because Bryce Dallas Howard is awesome. Yes, she is. Like She's done a great job. Yeah, like my baseline for this was a three. Uh, and it was good. Like... But it's also like, okay, like this is the best piece of pizza off of the pizza that you dropped on the ground, you know? <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I think Bryce killed it. I want to see more from her. Actually, I would love to just see her direct more stuff. Like she doesn't have a ton of director's credits uh, to her name and she, she needs, she needs more. She needs more of that. Do more, Bryce. 
I was about to say she she does done a hell of a job with Star Wars. That's all yeah. I know. Well, she directed, I think she's done um, a couple Twilight Zones. Yeah, she episodes. directed an episode of um, Arrested Development. So, oh wait, no, she was just in that episode. Never mind. Um, yeah, no, she. Yeah, she's not directed much. So she did a, a segment for the Call Me Crazy, a five film. Oh, okay. Never mind. I think that's a, is that Tyler Perry film? No, that was a made for television anthology. Okay. Anyway, um, but no, she's awesome. And, and I want to see more from her. Um, I like her. I've always liked her. So anyway, cool. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, uh, we need to start a we need to yeah. start a uh, a petition. More yes. Bryce Dallas Howard. And I don't I don't believe in petitions. I think we just need to like actually just talk about it and support her and like share this episode about out to people like, hey, you know, she's she's the she's the real deal. Let's uh, let's give her more work. So, yep. Uh, all right, if you like us, go give us a five star review on. Um, Anywhere you can give us reviews. Actually, just go to the website. It'll take you everywhere you need to go. Uh, also, if you really like us and you've got $3 a month that you don't know what to do with with us, that's the minimum that you could back us on Patreon, and I'll send you a bunch of stickers. Um, if you, I think it's $5, you can actually like give us a topic, and we'll do a show about it. Uh, and for, I think I want to say it's like 15 or something, you get after three months, you get a free shirt. So, yeah, back us on Patreon. That would be awesome sauce and uh follow us everywhere just follow us on actually just follow us on instagram because that's the only one i'm actively using to be honest um and i'm I'm gonna start doing more and more and i'm gonna start doing some giveaways um and i'm actually getting ready to pare down my toy collection and i might actually just sell it through the podcasts um oh really uh, yeah, Instagram feed. Like, just put stuff up for sale and sell it there instead of my personal one because my personal one has gotten dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Any last words? No. Did I mention it's snowing here? It is snowing here, and it's awesome. <laughs> and I have to text my trainer to see if we have training tomorrow because if we don't, I'm going to go ski. Um, but Oh, that yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. So, oh. you know, oi dang, but- Lota. Whiskey. I miss that show. I know. I already miss it. I kind of want to start watching it now again. <laughs> I think we'll try to watch it after Walking Dead after we get done with that. Oh, how are you watching that? I actually like Walking Dead. Uh, the first, I, I watched it through, no, not through. I watched like the first couple episodes of season seven, and that's where I stopped because it was, it was kind of the same thing, but hey, you know. <laughs> I stopped watching when Negan showed up because he was so bad. That's he was. That's so oh no, bad. Negan was great. No, dude, he was crazy. Jeffrey D. Morgan was you, awful. Um, you were crazy, dude. Did, did you, you ever? Insane. Did you ever watch Under the Red Hood, the cartoon uh, movie? Yes. Okay. So uh, a long time ago, but yeah, John John DiMaggio plays the Joker. He was the voice of Bender in um in Futurama. He's like, I was more classy, Mater D. You're more motorcycle fetish. And that's all I could think of when I see Jeffrey Dean Morgan with his cute little ascot. <laughs> He's more motorcycle fetish. Uh, nah, that was that was that was absolute Negan. I loved it. Like him better in the Tekken game. Oh yeah. 
yeah, he's he's like <laughs> that's great. But anyway, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Watching cool. a little bit of Walking Dead. Uh, hopefully, been, uh, watch re- do a rewatch of The Expanse soon. Yeah, I, I started rereading The Fountainhead, so I've been doing that at night. Something completely different from nerd stuff. Now, when you say rereading, are you listening to it or are you actually? No, I'm actually reading it on my Kindle because I have the dyslexia file on there. So, no, that is one I read and I take notes. Um, I I haven't read in about ten years, so I've I've been reading. uh, It's very heavy, (laughs) so I've been reading a couple chapters a night, and I'm I'm taking it slow. I'm not speed reading it. So, okay, Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Howard Rourke is a very interesting character. (sighs) On that note, um. I am going to be back this week with a movie review for the new Jason Sudeikis Evangeline Lilly movie that just dropped on iTunes um, and video on demand. And I cannot remember the name of it to save my life right now. Give me one second. Um, But I'm going to watch that and review it just because uh, Evangeline Lilly is awesome. And I love Jason Sudeikis too. So, uh, where did it go? I was about to say, isn't that yet your boy Ted Lasso? Dude, Jason Jason Sudeikis is my boy just in general. I'm a huge fan of of his, um, and I, I think like he's the only he's the whole reason I watched Ted Lasso. Um, but he's also like been in a bunch of just like um, he was in a movie called Tumble Down with um, Rebecca Hall that I I really 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 enjoy south of heaven south of heaven thank you that's what it's called i was trying to find it so yeah i'm gonna be back with a review (laughs) of south of heaven and also the tender bar this week i'm going to try and do both of those on different days so yeah cool cool all right on that note thank you all for listening uh we're just over an hour we're gonna try and keep it at this length for the foreseeable future and we will talk to you all later see ya The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons that are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.